What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Thursday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with his producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Feel free uh, to give us a call. You know the rules. All we ask you to do is call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And also, excuse me, if you ever miss any of the shows live, okay, you can always go to SportsGrindOnline.com where you can download the podcast 365, seven days a week. Also, if we are getting preempted by play by play or where you're in a market that doesn't care as terrestrial wise or you're having technical difficulties, uh, make sure you always remember sportsgroundonline.com as well, too, because you can click the play button and you can listen to us live there. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll read those in real time on air or I'll respond to them later. You can go to, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, business Facebook page of Sports Ground Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well also. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. So let's go one day closer to the weekend. It's Thursday. That means we've got another week in the NFL kicking off tonight. Uh, We'll start there shortly. Uh, We've got some other NFL... you know, news as well. Didn't get a chance to kind of talk about this yesterday, but of course, we'll talk a little bit about the Broncos went inside the numbers of this mini um, kind of turnaround defensively. You know, Vance Joseph was at under a lot of fire. Uh, Want to take a ch- look at those numbers in regards to as they get ready for Monday night. Also, they have their offensive line speaking up as well, too, about the second half of the season. Um, also, speaking of football on the amateur side, college football, um, you know, today uh, there was a report saying that Michigan um, could maybe come down or a decision, I should say, could come down for the uh, punishment, which, if you will, uh, for Michigan in regards to this sign uh, stealing scandal. And um, I would just say, how is that possible Um, in regards to the investigation of completing a uh, two week investigation um, that I mean, that would be the quickest you know, investigation in NCAA history. Um, and then you have to wonder if it's just basically under pressure and rushing to judgment uh, to get a decision uh, this quickly. So we'll be on the watch for that. That could break this evening, could break while we're in air. It might not happen until tomorrow or it might not happen, period. So there's a lot of information in regards to reporting uh, in regards to this particular situation with Michigan. Also, we didn't really get a chance to uh, look at the top 25, but before we head into this weekend, any major changes, just to take a glance. If we don't run out of time, we'll get to that. Uh, Coach Prime, um, you know, met with the media a couple days ago because I haven't been able to get to this. Uh, but really, you know, it was kind of uh, a little bit uh, snarly, as they say, with the reporter who asked about the OC changes again. 
Uh, definitely have my thoughts about that with Coach Prime and that press conference in general. Uh, so we'll discuss that. Uh, also, baseball, uh, you know, we are in the offseason. Um, you know, like I don't really dissect player transactions thoroughly through offseason into when pitchers uh, report. I only really, you know, talk about or cover bigger stories. You know, of course, you know, I'm on the tiny watch, but we've got some manager uh, changing and moving that's been going on the last few days. Um, 71-year-old Ron Washington um, is getting hired by the Angels and getting a second opportunity. Uh, very happy for Ron on that. Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations, as we all know in this region, he was the uh, manager for the Rangers when they really started turning things around uh, and competing uh, for World Series at the time. Didn't Didn't, you know, complete the job, uh, but definitely did a good job. And the guy that's basically battled, you know, personal demons uh, in his life and in his career as well, too, with the addiction of substance abuse. But I'm just happy for him that he's getting another shot uh, to be a manager, um, you know, at this level. Um, you know, I don't know, man, maybe maybe Uncle Joey in the White House and gave everybody hope that's over 70. Um, and getting jobs. But I think Ron, though, it really has been longer. We're doing. I know he's been a third base coach uh, these years, but just thought about that uh, to put that out there and give him his flowers for the second hour, you know, opportunity. And speaking of baseball, um, oh, how, you know, the uh, owner of the Yank- Yankees, Hal Strombinner, um seeked out some advice. Okay. Um, And this kind of goes along the lines of what I've always kind of preached about um, trust fund babies, the ones that take over, inherit after their dad passes. Um, He seeked out advice on what to do with Boone. He reached out. He talked to Aaron Judge. He reached out to ex-Yankee players um, in his decision of what he wants to do. And I'm thinking like, Really? I mean, you know, everything, nothing has changed with the Yankees for the most part. Like the Cashman era, you know, evidently Boone's coming back unless something has dropped here in the next couple weeks, a bombshell. They decide to go a different direction. I don't know. That could still happen. I doubt it because I think that's one of those things with the Yankees job. You know, that's going to happen, you know, shortly after the regular season. But I could be wrong. But the bottom line is the fact that you have to, I mean, because this is one of those things half full or half empty. Um, in my opinion, I'm going to take the half empty because if you, I mean, he, it's not like he just took over, you know, I mean, he's been, uh, the CEO in chief, uh, or this organization ever since his dad passed, uh, year, year, years ago. So I just don't like the fact that if you've got a decision like that and you really have to call ex Yankee players, uh, you know, talk to judge on the roster, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's reports that's confirmed that he reached out to Jeter, but you know, I just feel like those are things that you should have to do. I mean, his dad. I mean, you. You know, I was kind of a young whippersnapper there when his dad was, you know, alive and kicking and still over things and decisions. Um, and then I kind of, you know, caught him on and you know, going into my middle school and early high school. But I do remember there's there's no decisions like that that his dad would have to consult with anybody. Uh, to make so it is just one of those that I've been saying the Yankees um, it's deeper than Boone 
Um, the one thing I'll give them credit for over the last seven years, six years, they've changed their philosophy in regards to just spending money to, for free agents, uh, aging free agents. They really have done pretty a decent job of their farm system for the most part, but it's still a team, I believe, that's built for the regular season and not the postseason. Uh, we're going to get into you know, here pretty soon in offseason as offseason awards come in, we'll get into offseason signing. So it's kind of early to judge them and say, well, they're not doing anything. No one's really done anything yet. But I'm going to be paying attention to what they really do and changes from the pitching staff rotation, if they get any closers. Because for the last couple of years, they've been just thinking that they're going to live and die by launch angles. And it ain't working. It's not working. And I think last year it got overshadowed because Judge won the MVP. You know, so we'll see. But that came across my brain. I'm like, well, this guy's asking for advice. He's calling and talking to experts. Like, look, you you should know what Boone's about. You should know if it's time to move on. And and really, to me, I think the problem even before Boone is just the fact that Cashman, he's the one that's been there a long time. Sometimes you can just be at a place too long. So you have that going on in the baseball world. Um, also, um, of course, um, we are going to get to football, some other news, uh, but I kind of want to start uh, with the NBA because, you know, we are up and running here. Uh, we had some heavy conversations in regards to yesterday in the NBA, especially in regards to the Denver Nuggets and really the Spurs. And I kind of want to follow up and start and pick up from there since they were both in action last night back-to-back, along with some other teams as well and some highlights that I want to talk about as well, too, in regards to the NBA. Um but starting in our backyard in the 2-1-0, um, the Spurs take another loss uh, to the Knicks uh, last night. Um, I really don't think the uh, score was as close as indicated. Um, you know, Pop called off the dogs with about, I don't know, four or five minutes maybe left in the fourth quarter, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, seeing if they were going to make a run. Um, you know, the going into this was Wimby's first game in MSG. All right. And then there were some comments that he made and shoot around. And I thought got blown out of proportion by the New York media, the national media about saying like, oh, I thought it was bigger than this. Meaning like, you know, you can go to venues. I mean, the guy's not from here. I mean, you can go to venues and think like have one thing in your mind thinking something's going to be that way. Uh, and then you're just like, wow, it's not as big as I thought. Now, of course, New York media took it, took and ran with that. Uh, because anything that you can do to pick on somebody that's, you know, pretty much been getting nothing but praises across the board, um, that's just the society that we live in. So uh, in his defense, I don't think it was anything offensive that he said to or about the Garden of the Knicks. But you know how New York is, you know, New York chants, they got out their chance of overrated toward the thing. That's how they get down. Uh, but in regards to the basketball game, <clears throat> And the theory just, I mean, again, that's why I basically brought up the national article yesterday about the Spurs defense and really, you know, kind of going back in history. The last time they were this bad was the year before they, you know, drafted Tim. You know, Dave was hurt and didn't come back, yada, yada, kind of touched on that uh, because that kind of continued uh, last night. And we've played what about, <clears throat> excuse me, they played about what, six, seven games now, speaking of the Spurs, uh, ballpark around there. Um, maybe eight tops. Last night was eight. Okay, eight. And I've told you I usually basically wait till, you know, late December, you know, early January to really say, all right, this is what, who this is this. But the one thing um, 
that already I'm going to just after eight games and going forward when we talk about the Spurs because the obvious is the defense they're trash on defense and it's not even a it's not a thing that's basically being made an emphasis in my opinion that's what's going through now um you know the youth thing is is not I mean youth comes down to losing and learning how to win I'll buy that but the defense as bad as they're on defense um, there was one thing I knew. There, there was a stat that came out through the course of that game, and I was like, that showed me – and I'm going to get back to my point about my assessment about them, but I'm comfortable in saying that's got to be a must. Um, you know you're a bad defensive team when you're playing the you, – you are a bad defensive team on any team that you're playing that has um, my man from the Knicks, Randall, on it. And you're in the fourth quarter, and you've got only you have they only had three turnovers. The Knicks. I, I've watched them a lot. I mean, I've I've watched him when he used to be with the Lakers. I've watched him with the Knicks. For the most part, the one thing he is is a bowl, a bull in a, uh, what do they call it? A bull in a china shop. He's going to pick up some charges. The Knicks sometimes they're not a under Tibbs, especially they're not known as an offensive team juggernaut or well oil machine. And the fact that they only had three turnovers in the fourth quarter that lets you know how bad the Spurs defense is. But the one assessment I'm going to make about them that's a must: Trey Jones has to start. He's got to start. Um, I don't know whether that's Sohan. Or that's Keldon, but and, there, and this has nothing to do about one being better than the other. This has to do is when he's not on the court, it's chaos. Their defense is worse when he's not on the court. The shot selections are worse when he's not on the court. Wimby can't really get to a spot when he's on the court. I mean, Pop said it a week or two ago, but I'm like, yeah, I like Trey Jones too. But when he said it, like, hey, he's the thing that kind of makes that plays and go, it's true. After watching a few games and really going there, I, Trey Jones has to start. Because because it, 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 let me put this let me put a disclaimer on this. If it's really about learning how to win and improve and build some confidence in this young team and get some W's, he's their best option that keeps everything at bay. And there was one play last night and even in the midst of when there's mess ups when on the court, um, he had a he had a turnover yesterday or he had a blow. What it was is he had a blown layup. And he had a blown layup, and it basically resulted in a quick, you know, fast break outlet to the Knicks. He sprinted all the way down and ended up deflecting one of the passes to keep that after messing up. Every time, I, you know, I know I've been high on him, but every time I tune in, he's the one guy making the hustle plays, and he's the one that's keeping everybody at bay. This Sohan, you know, and I know we've had Jazz comment on it. I, I didn't care either way, but this whole experiment with Sohan and the point guard, because this is what Pop's calling it. He's, he's calling it an experiment. You know, to me, you know, let's be realistic because, you know, you can have you can be the greatest coach of all time and do this. This is the best of the best when you get to the NBA. You know, when you talk about taking somebody and I know you've got players that can play in, you know, interchangeable parts on the court, you know, the four, the five, whatever have you. But when you get to this level and you're talking about the best of the best and you're talking about a guy that's never really played that position at a high level, didn't play it at college. Th that's an uphill battle to try to create and, 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 you know, teach him. And I know he's getting help from, you know, speaking of Trey Jones, he's talked about the help he's got from Keldon. Uh, that's a tough thing to do. 
I mean, you can't. I mean, that is a tough thing to do when you're talking about this level because there's so much that go into a point guard. And I think that's also that's playing into how bad this defense is because Sohan is a defensive player. But, you know, what goes into playing point guard, the thought of facilitating and all that, it's that because if 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 Pop's going to say it's an experiment, then we might as well just basically be blunt and just say this is another experiment season. Uh, but I don't know what. You know, whether it's Keldon or whether it's Sohan, if you're talking about trying to, in my opinion, if you're trying to talk about winning games and learning how to win, he gives you the best chance to win the way this roster is constructed at the point guard position. And because the thing, not because he's going to give you 30 and 10 a night, 10 assists, or he can go that, it's the fact that he keeps everybody in order and it looks less chaotic on the offensive end and defensive end when Trey Jones is out there. So we'll see. And, and I'm, you know, who knows, you know, by the time, you know, they get two weeks in or three weeks in, I mean, he could be, you know, the starter. It just depends, you know, but again, another loss, another disappointing defensive, I mean, effort. I mean, you know, Wimby, you know, it was a tough it was a tough night for him for a debut. And I think you can make different reasons for that. Uh, but definitely a rough night for his Madison Square Garden debut. 877-37-GRIND. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All 
right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products they have in, or you already know what they have, and you just want to order it so it can be delivered right to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 87737grind. All right, so we'll transition back a little bit um to the um Spurs before we move on from them. Um and thanks for uh those reaching out for the uh technical difficulties. We know that there's a little sound thing there on the uh, app but we're looking into it so thanks for giving us heads up yeah so um now so that's my assessment man I, i just feel that you know it's one of those like and i know that i saw i got tagged in a tweet uh earlier or somebody had tweeted uh in regards to i think it was esparza who tweeted about, you know, hey, this is, you know, Pop's plan kind of say, or by the time, you know, this goes, who knows, when they just letting them play and letting them do. That's fine, man. But it, regardless, you have to you have to instill a concept of holding accountable defense, regardless how young they are. You know, um, that's just my opinion. Um, I've told you after looking at last year, how it went down, how he handled it, and seeing how he's handling this season early, um, his demeanor and, you know, timeouts, in timeouts and all that, uh, it's been pretty much the same. It hasn't really, you know, I know he said, you know, media day and kind of going forward that, hey, you know, the last few years has been about developing these players and teaching them how to play. This year is going to be more about, you know, learning how to win. And she said, well, that's what he said. And to me, when I when he says that and I see that um, again, that he's doing it a totally different way because that fire and that intensity and that holding accountable, I haven't seen that really emotional, you know, in regards to timeouts and stuff. And I understand, you know, it's a thin line because I always preach these young athletes are different. Um, Even the professionals, they make all this money. I mean, you can't I mean, and trust me, let me clarify myself. I'm not telling you that I'm looking at pop. To get in Keldon, uh, you know, Wimby or, you know, whoever's face and just like he used to turn red. And, and, you know, that's not what I'm talking about because those days are over. You just can't coach that way with this type of this younger generation and especially a team that this young. What I'm talking about is that when there is a missed assignment, and this is another reason why I know that they're not really running anything. It's a high profile lifetime fitness or goals gym pickup game, because if there's missed assignments or there's timeouts, whether it's a 10-0 run they've given up again or 13-1, 8-1 run, when there's a timeout call, there's nobody he's meeting. I've yet to see him meet anybody at almost the half court mark, or you know what I mean, not the half court, but when you're coming out from the timeout, when the coaches walk, um, that used to be something staple with him. I, I, I don't really see it too much. You know, now again, the TV doesn't pick up every angle and everything, you know, for me watching at home from my couch, but the reality of it is it's different. And the results defensively is different and it's been different. And, and ironically, I know I brought them up yesterday, uh, but look at the Houston Rockets, man. I mean, I know, you know, okay, fine. They've got Dylan Brooks, you know, uh, Van Fleet's over there. They're still a young team, 
and and they were young last year and they were trash defensively. They held the Lakers to like 45, 48 points yesterday at half. The Lakers had like 48 points at time. And I told you all when Adoka got hired, there's one thing about I knew. I didn't know how good they were going to be, whatever, but they were going to play defense. And I go back to that Boston team. And I was like, I mean, could you imagine Adoka with Wimby and Sohan and this defense? Just, just the mentality, because it's a mentality thing. And it's either you, you know, either you're making a conscious effort to preach it or to hold it accountable, but they are really, really bad defensively. And um, to me personally, just the the losses in the L, yes. I mean, I'm the one that came in and said the 29 win total was not a given. I have no problem with still collecting L's because they're young, but I have a problem when I'm out there looking and you're playing the New York Knicks, who's basically been offensively challenged over the last few years under Ted. They've been a good defensive team. Randall's played good, but they have hardly, they had no turnovers pretty much in the first half. They had no turnovers almost through three quarters. That's because you're not putting pressure on nobody. You're not, you're not forcing them to do anything. So we'll see. Now, I know you said Wimby had some comments about, in general, um, you know, his thoughts about the team and, you know, and the loss in regards to and possibly it was brought up to him, you know, asking him about the defense. And you were curious to see how I'd feel about that because I haven't heard or read these. So this is real time for me. But what did Wimby have to say? Yeah, from an old colleague of mine, Paul Garcia, Project Spurs. Um, he had a transcript of Wimby's postgame. And on the Spurs' defense of effort, uh, Wemby said, quote, I think all of us on the court have good intentions, and we learn a lot from the coaching staff defensively, so we're just trying to apply what they say. I think what's good is we're bringing energy all the time, so this is a good start. We have, a, we have great potential defensively. I know in the past games, especially in Phoenix, we've seen great defensive sequences. We're just all getting it together. Translation from a 19. Now, I'm trying to get into a head of a 19-year-old. Like we Again, 19 years old. Okay. And the face of a franchise. Right. Pressure. Hell, not even just pressure of the franchise pressure of like you got to carry this thing forward as a league you're the next one up you know guys about to buy out of here so yeah without a doubt but translation from the mind of a 19 year old first of all the i think the fiery thing is what he said at the beginning was the fact that like we're doing kind of just trying to do what the coaches tell us to do translation right now we're not really we're trying to you know do a b and c and d and we're not really basically doing D, which stands for in the defense. That's the way I take it a little bit. Not saying that he's trying to throw Pop under the bus or say this on Pop. It's nothing like that. I don't even think that he has that in his character, especially right now. You know, only eight games in. I mean, come on. But the reality of it is he's answering it pure as a 19-year-old young man can be. That's what it is. And that's why I know. That's why I said yesterday. It's only two things that's going on. One Defense is just Pops made it up in mind. That, I mean, forget about the last couple of years. Let's just talk about this year. Pops made it up in his mind that defense is not a priority right now because we're trying to I'm trying to figure out B, C and D. And if that's the case, OK. Or it's his defensive philosophy is basically outdated like an A track or a CD. OK, it's just as simple as that, you know, um, but. It's early. We'll see how they go. And the only assessment I'll make is the fact that it is Trey Jones 
needs to start if they're really trying to learn how to win and win games. If this is some type of – because, you know, not to throw – you know, my man as far as under the bus, man, but it's part of a group out there that it doesn't matter, you know, kind of what it looks like in regards to where the trades coming off the bench or the defense is, is, is terrible or we're in we're talking in, you know, November or we're talking in January or March or whatever. It's always going to be that group of people. Oh, Pop's got a Pop's got a madness plan. This is this is what he's doing. This is why he's doing that. This is because of this. You wait and see whatever. No, it could be because of a lot of other things because it's been very consistent in regards to their defense. But the one thing I will say that I'll stand 10 toes on, this team is better when Trey Jones is on the court. And I just feel like that's because he's a true point guard and I think he's a true natural leader. And and I, and I think with this young team, I think the Spurs are very fortunate to have him. Now, I would like a stud – I love Trey Jones, but I like a stud point guard, like a true point guard. Now, it ain't on this roster. It could come in the draft coming up or whatever. But for right now, what's what they're working with, Trey's their best opportunity to stop from getting embarrassed every damn night and giving up 25 to 40 points in a quarter or 50 points in a quarter. Go ahead. You don't think Trey, uh, Trey is a true point guard? I think he's a true point guard, Jonas. But I think when you look at it, and I think this is where, you know, this is the reason why the people like Jazz and other people, when they look at this Sohan thing, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, what is he playing point guard? Because at this it's level, right? But but you know, you but you can't just put somebody at guard because they're six eight. Like Magic Johnson didn't become guard because this was this freaking nature because he was over six no, feet. I, Magic not, had skills, and that's fine. I, I I'm not saying that he's he's playing point guard because he's six eight. I think that that's that seeing a six eight point guard is what's very confusing. Again, it's kind of like watching the seven foot four guy not play the four or play the five. He's playing the four. But it's so, not so there's an oddity that, that that it's it's the same thing kind of and I and I've seen this this notion float around uh NFL Twitter before, right? That there was this there was this perception that Tua had a horrible throwing motion. That he just that he the way he throws the ball looks ugly, and then I saw somebody take take Tua, computer generate flip him to the to to, to being an, instead of being a left handed quarterback being a right handed quarterback you you know just mirror flip the camera, and all of a sudden it looks right. So the same thing I think is here. It just doesn't look right to see a six foot eight guy playing well, point guard in the NBA. Well, well, let me make two points to that. First of all. Uh, how does it look scary and confusing if he can't if he don't know what he's doing if he can't run the point guard position and through eight games he like we're taking away from his defensive effort because we're doing an experiment I should say we me and you's not the coach Pop is doing an experiment with this dude that's never played point guard at any high level if you're gonna talk first of all we always knew to you're talking about com- you know, that's mechanics. We always knew Tua knew how to play the football, the quarterback position. We saw it at Alabama. Okay, if if, I, if my memory serves me correct, damn it, didn't he win a Heisman or wasn't he the finalist? Okay, we're talking about a guy that basically came out of co- that was a defensive specialist and could hit some threes every once in a while in Baylor. The pop is way like this is the you know it's one thing to be an AU. <laughs> 
or class 5A basketball and 6A. Like, hey, man, you know what? You had a growth spurt this offseason. Let me go and see how you would do a point guard. We're talking about the National Basketball Association. And the one thing Pop's not immune to is what we say about any other coach. Sometimes the greats, not just your average coach, sometimes the greats can outsmart their self and can do. This is a move that a coach does when they know they have a lifetime contract. Period. So the Tua thing, I feel you kind of what you said, but no, that's not the same because Tua always know how to play the quarterback position. Sohan has sit there and told Bill Land and Sean Elliott, I've seen it with my own eyes after the post game. Hey, man, I, I'm trying to just learn what the coaches want me to do. If the coaches want me here, whatever. Ain't nothing scary, confusing about that if the, if the young man doesn't even can't even play the point guard position. And we're taken away from him being one of the better defenders on this team and, and, and basically trying to play some defense. Period. So it's a lot. Who do they got next? Who does the Spurs got? Who do they got up next? Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow, the Spurs' first in-season tournament game. Okay, there you go. Different court, huh? This court we get to this place. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're going to see yeah. the, uh, not what, 1968, yeah. the Hemisphere Court. And let me clarify this before y'all tweet me and at me like, well, Kel, man, this is a young team, and then now you're complaining and blah, blah, blah. I ain't talking about losses, man. I can stomach another season of good, better basketball, seeing and basically jumping in the lottery again. I kind of like Jonas said yesterday. This is kind of what you wanted. You're right, but I don't want to. It, I've got to see prog. That's in, that's a borderline embarrassment, dude. You can't get a freak of nature that I'm saying that most likely is going to be first, second team all defense before he's rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and you're this trash on defense. The Rockets held the Lakers to 48, and they and the Houston Rockets were trash last year, and that's more to me than just adding Dylan Brooks and Scott, you know, Van Fleet. 877-37-GRIND. Um, all right, keep it moving. The Denver Nuggets last night was able to hold off the uh, Golden State Warriors. Saw that game. Um, uh, look, first game without Murray. The Nuggets are uh, – he didn't play yesterday, right? Yeah, but I think it's actually their second or oh, third second game? without him. I thought maybe it was his first. Probably, you're, you're right. It's probably at least number two. Um, but Murray wasn't there. But when you look at the Nuggets, I mean, they're just deep. They're deeper, and they do have the best player, even on some of his Miami and that off night really too much. Um, they did a good job. Looney and the guys did a good job of containing, I thought. You're not going to shut down Djokovic uh, unless he just has an off night, but I thought Golden State did a good job in containing him. Uh, but right now, as we sit, the Nuggets are just a deeper team and um, and better. You know, I think Golden State has come a, a long way through these eight games on the road than what they were last year. I knew what that was about. I knew that was chemistry issues with Jordan Poole. Uh, but the reality is the Denver Nuggets, that's why I keep saying they don't need to go, you know, uh, apple sack to the wall in the regular season because they're already that much better than certain teams and majority of the teams in the West because they're deeper. I mean, that wasn't their A game last night, speaking of the Nuggets. But they found a way. I mean, Golden State made a run. Steph hit some uh, key shots. Uh, Clay just doesn't have. I love Clay, but Clay just doesn't have that lift on them legs anymore. You know, I mean, he hit some shots here and there. But when you're talking about in transition and those screens we used to see Clay coming, he just doesn't. He's moving better, but he doesn't have the lift that he used to on his three point shot. And that's rightfully so. When you get when you get cut on, your knee gets cut on, and Achilles that much in the last you know two out of the last three years. That's tough, and especially he missed like two full seasons. But it, it's it's that is who he's gonna be, in my opinion, going forward. What do you got? Oh yeah, and you have to build that muscle 
muscle back up that, that you yeah. couldn't you couldn't do the calf raises and the leg presses and everything to yeah. keep the, the tone. Yeah, but it's just too many miles on that. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, four time champion. Um, you know, but I just feel I mean, he's gonna look, Clay's gonna have some games in the regular season, he's gonna have some games in the playoffs if they make it, which they will. Um, that it's gonna be he'll give you twenty five, twenty eight. He'll go, you know, four from six from three point land. But majority on some of the nights, he's just going to come up a little shout, you know. And I'll tell you right now, with Golden State, starting another assessment. I tell you, I don't make assessments till December, but sometimes I just watch it so much things pop off. Wiggins. Wiggins is killing them. Wiggins is trash from the three-point line early on. I don't know what's happened with him. Uh, he's lost confidence. Uh, he can't hit the side of a barn, man. Uh, he really can't right now for three-point land. And they're going to need him offensively through the course of this season and even going forward. Now, granted, uh, Draymond Green didn't play last night. Uh, but, however, even with Draymond, Denver is just right now, man, um, you know, if you're in the Mile High City, uh, you should be kind of excited because, like I keep saying, I think you got the right coach um, considering what's on the task. And I can tell you right now, they are playing, and I promise you a dollar, I bet you a dollar to a donut, Okay, even take minus 700 odds on this. A lot of juice to risk that Malone has let it be known. If this is the only title we get out of this group, it's a failure. Telling you, you can just tell the way they've come out. Now, again, it's going to be a balance. Can't go apple sack to the wall because you're going to start getting injured. You're going to start doing that, you know. And another thing real quick before I move on from the Spurs, let me back up real quick. Now we talk injuries. Look, man, this is another thing how I know he's changed or something's changed. In the last forever, okay, consider the circumstances. He is arguably the second best player on this team. He just got paid. We know how hamstrings are. Why is he even – this is the second time that he's tried to give it a go. He's been in there for like five or seven, and they got to pull him because it's tight. Shut him down. I feel like that – what is that Gordon Ramsay, that cook, that promo? Shut it down. Shut it down. That's what I feel like. We would say, what are we doing? He's different, man. He's different. It's different. I've lived here all my life, never lived anywhere else. I'm 46 years old. I watched this team even before he showed up, and I watched him his whole career. He's different. It's different. It's a different vibe. It's a different mentality from the defense to how injuries are handled. It's different. There's no way Vassell is supposed to be trying to give it a go yesterday. I, we, we did the show yesterday. I did the show thinking he wasn't even going to play. Everybody wanted him to change. Man, there's change, and there's change for good, and there's change for bad. Hey, we ain't painting the brush that. The good try. We ain't painting the brush that naked. No, man. Come on now. No, it's be one of those be careful what you wish for. You never know. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. How many more of these do you want me to spit out? Because you got to change for the right thing. You can't change to say change. Make sure you change the right way. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.